0: Welcome to Confessions of an SEO. This is Carolyn Holzman. Here's where we talk all things on the business end of SEO, the people part, from someone who's been there on both sides, an independent local business owner and a professional SEO. Who knows? I may throw in some little SEO tactics here and there. Personally, I think we're all business owners and SEOs way too bought into the FOMO aspect of all of that. The short version of Confessions is, if you're an SEO, this is all for you. And if you're a business owner outsourcing your SEO, these episodes are my way to help you understand better how to hold your SEO accountable without micromanaging. My goal is to put a human face on SEO and agreeing with you that it's hard to feel comfortable talking about SEO when you really don't know exactly everything that's involved. So instead, I'm suggesting that for the next 15 minutes, you let yourself off the hook of expecting yourself to know SEO as much as the SEO you hired. And I believe in tango dancing, this is where the instructor tells you, let yourself be led. Okay, hello again and welcome to Season 2, Episode 6. Today I want to avoid the SEO weeds and just speak plainly about something SEOs really don't spend a lot of time talking about, but I think it impacts us a lot. So I'm gonna talk about a little bit about the problem as I see it, and then I'll circle back on an example of why I think this is an important topic for SEO. Namely, drum roll please, the lack of an organized, systematic, effective SEO training for basically how to liaise with a search engine or two. Now let's be frank, if it weren't for us as SEOs, A lot of businesses would have never built websites, or certainly not as soon as they did. And without that leap of faith, Google would never have come to exist. Now, I know they really don't want to talk about that now, and it doesn't help to change things, but I think it does illustrate that without you and me and everyone trying to get a plumber out to their house, or in my case this week, a Fisher Paykel dryer repair service... Google would not have the ad platform they now enjoy. Let me illustrate. This past year, 2021, Google surpassed $200 billion in revenue overall. Okay, we're talking in the B's. Compared to 2016, that means Google's revenue has tripled within 15 years. So how much of that advertising segment of Alphabet, that's the new name, you know, we call Google, how, how much does this um, ad platform make up of that total revenue? I have two bits of data for you. In Q4 in 2021, adver- uh, advertising revenue was a whopping like $61.24 billion. In Q3, it was a record $53.1 billion. So together, that's over $114 billion. So let's pretend that they had zero ad revenue in the first six months of 2021. Doing the math, that means just on two quarters of earning, the last the quarter three and quarter four, the advertising segment of Google produces over 50% of the total revenue for the extremely large organization that is now Google. So I think it's pretty safe to say that the actual percentage of that ad revenue uh, to the total could be way more than that 50%. You know, Apple tried to fight it by changing their privacy section uh, settings, which, you know, did take a notch out of the ability to track people to send them ads. But like the commercial says, much like shingles, Google doesn't care. So I share all that to say, Where does all that ad budget come from? It comes from what you and I pay every day. Sure, we're not handing over individually $114 billion, but it comes out of what we pay when we buy things because businesses recoup ad expenses over their pricing. I don't pay less for a product because I go directly to their website and buy without going through Google's ad network. Do you? We're all connected, which means we have to think. All of what's lorded over us is only possible because of us as consumers, businesses, and marketing outfits. So how does all of this relate to not having a, sy- a systematic process? Well, for businesses and marketing people to learn how to relate to Google, I mean, there's really, uh, I, I think what I'm trying to say is I, I, I really think getting to a solid, repeatable foundation of agnostic SEO training. Now you just heard the kind of monetary value that Google can produce and why you may think well Google isn't gonna care about my little business that earns me a decent living. Think again. Looking at this the indexing of new content, content for most small businesses right now is uh, it's unlikely to be fast enough for it to count you know so that all these companies that have SEO and SEO agencies Nobody knows how many SEOs or agencies were fired over all of this. The fact that there's no organic ROI right now on new content and this evidence you can see for yourself in your own Google search console, check in the coverage, go ahead. I'll wait, no, I won't. But the phenomenon is recent, the stinging, uh, you know, it's kind of like it's, it's insulting almost that you can't get anything indexed easily since pretty much last uh, spring in uh, quarter two. Now, Google, in my opinion, doesn't think anyone but Google should earn a single dollar from their search engine. And they may be so pot committed on that, it's possible they may strangle themselves by their own greedy hands. Now, I don't want to push you out on the ice flow about that. You know, I believe at least at least for now, it's not too late. It's never too late. For us to participate um, better in this part of marketing, it's it's not ever going to be a good idea, I think, moving forward, to make Google your source for 100% of your marketing budget. Diversify now while you can. Build your own lists of customers and clients so when you need to reach out and touch them, you're in control of that data. Now, we just may have to be willing to think that it's possible that what may have previously passed for SEO training was either, in some form or another, the regurgitation of Google talking points, a.k.a. Google Webmaster Guidelines, someone else's opinion, or some form of do what I do to get a temporary desired result, which will lose effectiveness over time at best, or worse, be a footprint that gets your page knocked out of the SERPs instead of a systematic approach. Training that demonstrates results that can be replicated and that stands up through updates. Now the the jury may be out on whether or not that there is a way that SEO can be replicated successfully over time, over niches, and is capable, capable to be applied at scale, say on massive sites with any type of effectiveness. So of course, Leave it to a bunch of crazy SEOs to figure out the secrets to ranking and then try to scale it, get frustrated, and devalue what may be discovered because it's not scalable. Let me share what I mean by systematic approach. And don't worry, I'm not going to try to explain SEO in one minute, okay? That's a very complex topic and we'll probably talk about it some more. I just want to talk about how to approach a problem. And if you don't see SEO as a problem, bless your heart. Okay, you may know by now the forensic work I do, and I'm always looking for examples of lament and woe when it comes to websites. Now, here's a typical one. The site is described as getting hit with a December update. There's a loss of at least 80% of site traffic, which translated to a significant loss of revenue pages that previously were in the top ten are now regulated to page two three four or worse now they shared with me a screenshot of their search console I did not have access and if you are familiar with that it shows you impressions clicks and the positions and in this screenshot it definitely all showed a definite downward trajectory So when I see this, I typically ask for a specific page that they are most concerned about and what keyword they were targeting with it. Now, why do I do this? Okay. When someone asks you, when can I get to Houston this week? It doesn't help to just know where Houston is, right? Wouldn't you need to know where the person currently was so you could determine their position in relation to Houston, right? Now, we do all this sort of uh, stuff inside our heads all the time. You know, these type of questions require two points of reference. And I think we do it so often, we we have that comparison in our head, that we don't often think about it. But when it comes to that type of problem in SEO, it's like our brains go on the fritz. And I kid you not, what I'm told is, I got hit, like that says it all. Typically, the response from a site owner is, but it's more problematic than that one keyword. It's thousands. Yes, just like the number of ways to travel, there are thousands. I need to know where you are and where you're headed and when you set out and how much luggage did you bring. So maybe that's not the best analogy, but I think you get my meaning. What we see is that fundamentally, Google ranks pages not websites. So in this particular case, to address the algorithm question, quote, hit by December update, I pulled three sets of data and everything I'm using comes from Ted Kubotis's, um He runs SEO Tool Lab. It's his core software. If you want to look at it, I'll put the link in the description. And it's also one of my, my short links. Um, bit.ly at B-I-T l y slash then confessions for a one word. Now, this is a tool that is really cool that is often overlooked that goes into what he calls the shared data. And he speaks of it like it's gold. And it is. This is all the correlations from all the reports across the system that his customers run every day. And these report findings are correlated against each other. So instead of seeing what correlates on, let's say, my particular SERP that I happen to be measuring, Uh, This shared data, it's a way to kind of step back and squint your eyes to see what was signaling correlation in Google as a whole across all these niches. And I'm going to guess that those who invest in using Quora are not in pansy niches. Probably there's a lot of competitive SERPs in there. And this is a trove of data that is super interesting. So based on Ted, uh, he did an SEO Fight Club on the November update. It was the part two video. Um, and I pulled up, based on that information, uh, a few significant dates. The end of the no- November, December update, uh, and then the middle of January, and then since we're just in February, just the beginning of February. And I looked at the 20 top shared factors for each of these three days, you know, one in December, one in January, one in February. And I found something really interesting. On the December date, within the top 20, there were nine factors that were totally related tackling to factors. The same thing in January, within its top 20, there were now seven tackling factors out of the 20. And this past week, within that day's top 20 factors, There was only one. So what does this indicate? Am I saying backlinks are not necessary? No. What I'm saying is that Google keeps a sickening amount of volatility within their SERPs by changing the weight it gives to a factor or factors. So how does this relate to a uh, systematic approach to SEO learning? in my opinion, if you don't have a systematic approach to learning, you don't have one to assess either. And if you look at this example where you look at a particular SERP and a particular URL within that SERP that you know dropped during that time frame, it kind of makes sense out of the mess. I'm not saying you're going to like it, but Instead of the sack, cloth, and ashes, oh, I've got hit, very dramatic, silent film action shot, maybe it wasn't an algorithm update. Maybe it was more of an algorithmic swing, and they're continuing to move the knobs. In fact, that particular site that I was looking at, the particular URL, I should say, it's making its way back up. I'm finding it since the weekend without any changes that I'm aware of. um, It went up. Uh, it's right now on page two and the number seventeen spot. And then today it's tracking at sixteen. and a majority of the time it's being tested upwards to spot 11, depending on you know when a rack trinkers, uh rack, rank, tracker, racker. Um, it could be anywhere within that range. Knowing what made the difference, it's that information that guides actions to prepare as best you can for the future. Now, I'm not saying this wasn't a devastating experience for the site owner, but there's a difference between saying, Oh, I've been hit and not knowing what to do and saying, ah, once again, in the high sales season, my site got caught up in all the mess that Google does to make sure that they increase their ad revenue before the end of the year. And while trying to push me over into paid ads, I must decide if I'm gonna try to recover the lost revenue while my site, which I work on all year to make sure is at the top, but while it's not performing as it normally would because of the swing. And from Google's side, maybe it's more like, we win, resistance is futile. We get all the advertising uh, dollars out of our search product, not you, e-commerce website. Oh. And here's a link to a free get-more-out-of-your-advertising training where we show you just enough to be mediocre but not good enough to take your business to the next level. Oh, and remember, change your passwords. It's not safe out there. And that, my friends, is why we need to get a systematic on our implementation and our analysis. We run from one side of the ship to the other when a wave hits. And I've said before, it's not fair that we as SEOs get blamed for things that are out of our control. When Google is set to maximum ad revenue setting, it is batten down the hatches. Maybe work on your direct-to-client methods like direct emails, and yes, gasp, you may want to plan for an ad budget during the last quarter of the year. And then have your SEO or your agency get to work on steadily building up where your page and site deficits are in a way that will help you be more in command of your craft when Google turns the knobs up on backlinks at the end of each year. That's how SEOs can help you in the long run and not just by month by month or that month's ROI. I think that does it for today. Thank you for being a listener. Special thanks to the sponsors of Confessions, and if becoming a sponsor is something you want to do, go to the Google machine and search for Confessions of an SEO Sponsor, or you can just go to the Sponsor link that I'll put in the description. Confessions is everywhere podcasts are available. Please subscribe. I found out it is one of the ways that podcasts get rated, and if you haven't settled on one source for your podcast, you can just Google Confessions of an SEO. You can't miss it. All of us stand to make more business and success together when both the SEOs and the business owners understand each other and Google better. It's been my pleasure to be your host, and I'll see you in the service.